Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. deeper. He's calling us deeper than necessary. Deeper than anything that's required. Deeper than just a casual acquaintance with him. Does anybody want more than that? I want more than just to know who he is. I want more than just to say we met one time. We, We talk every now and then. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper than what it means to be a Christian. I want to go deeper than what it means to be apostolic. I wanted to go deeper with him today. Today, I hope, is a starting point to a new viewpoint to our relationship with Jesus. I want you to view your relationship differently. I want to do more than just what's required. I want to get closer than just what I have to get. I want to get everything I got. I want to know who he is. I want to experience who he is. I want to walk with him. We're going to Matthew 13 tonight. We're going to read, start at verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field, the which when a man hath found it, he hides it. And for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He wanted it all. All Today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to be talking on the subject, burn the ships, the treasure ahead. Let's pray right now. God, I thank you for an opportunity to come and to worship in the word. God, I pray that tonight you would speak as you will in this place. I pray you would speak through these imperfect lips, your perfect word at a perfect time. God, I pray that you would speak words of endearment. I pray you would speak words that would draw people closer to you. God, for your glory and for your honor, God, I pray it. Lord, I pray the word be received in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Tonight I might seem a little radical, a little crazy, a little off my rocker, but that's okay. I'm excited, I'm passionate, and I'm ready. My relationship with my God is my treasure. Relationship with God to me is a treasure. Your relationship with you is your treasure. Now let me ask you, are you willing to do, as the scripture said, when you found that treasure, to go and sell everything you have for it? Are you, are you willing to disassociate with whomever you need to? Are you willing to cut ties with whatever you need to? Are you willing to delete any or all of your accounts or profiles? Are you willing to stop watching or listening to anything that he calls you? Are you willing to burn whatever ship it takes? You ready to burn some ships today, church? I'm excited. I know it sounds scary, but man, I'm excited. Just wait till we get to the end. It's going to be awesome. Are you ready to journey closer and closer to the king? Are you ready to go deeper and deeper than you ever knew, than you ever thought, than you ever would have imagined with the king? Walking closer with him day by day. Our title today, Burn the Ships, comes from history. In the year 15 and 19, Hernan Cortez 
was commissioned to take an army and sail to Mexico with the mission of securing the land for colonization and to take the infamous treasure held by the Mayan Empire. He had in his employ 500 soldiers, 100 uh, sailors, 16 horses, and 11 ships. Their mission was to take the world's richest and most sought-after treasure, a treasure of gold, a treasure of silver, a treasure of artifacts and precious stones, a treasure that had been tried and tried and tried for some 600 years to be overtaken, but it had never been overtaken. Army after army ventured and tried. Conqueror after conqueror took the forces he thought he needed to go and take the treasure, but not one succeeded. Cortez was much different in his approach than other conquerors. Rather than trying to do what everyone else had done, when, you see, when you signed up for Cortez's army, it was a little different. Every other conqueror, it would go something like this. You want to fight my army? Sweet, sign up. That's how it went. That was it. You want to fight my army? <laughs> he would go up. Other conquerors would go up to anybody. Anybody that could walk, that could fight, that could swing a sword. You want to be in my army? Sign up. You want to be in my army? Sign up. But Cortez was much, much different in how he did that. He was much different. He would go up and say, hey, you want to go find the greatest treasure ever known to man? A treasure that has been sought after for 600 years. A treasure of gold, silver, pearls, precious stones. You want to go find some treasure? The treasure that's held by King Montezuma. You want to go get it? You want to go get it? Just imagine with me what it's going to be like when you run your fingers through that pile of gold coins. Imagine with me how it's going to change your life, how it's going to change your family, how it's going to change your tree for generations to come. Imagine with me your name will be written in history. Do you want to fight with me? That was Cortez's approach. He didn't just say, do you want to fight my army? He would go drastically further than that and make sure each and every man knew what they were going for. He laid a vision out for these men. He laid a vision in front of them and told them, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to capture. And can you imagine with me how great it's going to be? Passionately, one after another signed up. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll fight for this treasure. Where are we going, man? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? He would tell them how they're going to conquer it. He would tell them how the, their approach is going to be so different than everybody that failed before. He, he, he just kept harking. Do you, can you imagine the moment when you've got armfuls of gold coins? Can you imagine with me how it's going to change your life? Imagine with me what the treasure is going to be like. And passionately, those men signed up. They signed up and they set sail for the Yucatan Peninsula where they would begin their conquest. They signed up. They were ready. They were excited. They were passionate. But then shortly after they set sail, they ran into an issue. Cortez ran into an issue. And these men who were dedicated and so certain about the conquest, they were strong. They were brave. They were valiant men ready to go. They got cold feet. Well, Cortez, man, I don't know about this. I was thinking about it, and there have been a lot of people trying to take this treasure. A lot of people with bigger armies, a lot of people, people with a better strategy. There's been a lot of people trying to take this treasure, Cortez. I don't, I, I'm not sure anymore. And Cortez would settle him down and say, hey, hold on, hold on. Do you remember what we talked about? Do you remember the treasure? Do you remember? Do you visualize, remember what that treasure is going to be like? Oh, that, that room, that palace full of treasure. Do you remember what it's going to be like? 
And then they would, they, would, they would come back and they'd say, okay, I remember. I remember because they've seen something in his eyes. They see something in his eyes, a fierce determination that they saw he would do absolutely whatever it took to get their hands on that treasure. Because Cortez didn't go just as a conquest. He went as a personal goal. I want the treasure. I want the gold. After they finally made landfall in Veracruz, he gathered everybody up on the shore. So he gathered everybody up, much like this. But there was 500 of them and 100 sailors, 15 horses, 11 ships. There were so many people. He gathered them all together on the shore, and they were ready, right? Cortez was kind of famous at this point for his, his pep talks. He was ready to go. They were ready for one of those, you know, we're going to get the treasure speeches. Yeah, we're, we're ready. They're, they're in the sands of Veracruz. The treasure is right in front of them. He gathered them all in. They were ready. They were ready to hear one of those harump speeches. They gathered them all in, and he leaned in. He said something that changed the world. He said something that would change the course of history. He said three words to these men. He said, burn the ships. What did he say? He wants us to burn the ships. I would have loved to have seen the reaction on each and every soldier's face. Like, What? I didn't sign up for this. He told them to burn the ships. Their destinies were right in front of them. Everything that he had told them. Cortez knew that the men could still be reluctant to fight. See, because up till that point, they had an out. They had an escape plan. All right, so we'll go and we'll fight these guys. But if it starts turning south, we can hightail it back to the ships and make it back. We can go back. We can go back to the ships. We can go home. If anything just starts going out of plan, head back to the ships. Cortez knew these men would have this thought in the back of their minds. He knew they would always have that reminder, we can go home. We can go back. We can go back to the way things were. We can go back to the comfort of what was. The ships were stinky, they were cramped, but they were comfortable for the mindset. If we don't have, if anything happens, we can go home. It was comfortable, right? It was easy. It was nice. Nothing had to change. It was nice. We've also got some ships in our life. We decided to set aside some distractions. We, we decide to walk closer to him. You know, we, we often say the expression, I'm on fire for God. I'm moving forward. I'm ready to go. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll give up whatever I need to. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going. Mm, I'm ready to go. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, well, I don't know. I don't, the ships are still back there. I can still kind of slip back in. I, I just, I don't know about it. Our vision of our treasure, our vision of the king, our vision of a relationship with a closer walk with him is so clear. We begin to move forward. We begin to tread. We begin to get closer to him. And then ship by ship, we go back. We tread backwards. We start falling back into old habits. We start falling back into old relationships. We start falling back into old ways of thinking. We start falling back into where we come from. When Cortez burnt the ships, they had no other choice. You go forward or you die. You conquer the treasure or nothing on this world matters. It's amazing. With that sort of determination, they won. It was a long, hard-fought battle. They won. With the option of move forward 
or die. They took the treasure. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. It was uncomfortable, but they made it. And I would guarantee that you ask any one of those men on the conquest, was it worth it to burn your ships? They said, we can buy millions of ships. Do you see the treasure? So I want to ask us today, what ships do I need to burn? <clears throat> we look at this and we say, well, what, what kind of habits do I need to let go of? What kind of things, hobbies, passions, whatever? Fill, you fill in your appropriate blank. What things do you need to burn? What ships do you need to burn? That is a question that only you and God can answer. So we're going to talk about it. But just know the only real answer is between you and God. Only you and God can establish what's between you and God. Because only God knows and you know when you're on fire and you're moving forward. And then what ships do you always go back to? What ships do you always retreat to? What ships, what habits, what passions, what pleasures, what hobbies, what things do you always run back to? When things get uncomfortable, where do you go? When things don't go your way, where do you go? When your plans fall by the wayside, where do you run? Susanna Wesley was asked by her son, John Wesley, what is sin? What is sin? And she wisely responded, Whatever weakens your reason, whatever impairs the tenderness of your conscience, whatever obscures your sense of God, whatever takes off your relish for spiritual things, whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may seem in itself, end quote. These are the ships we're talking about tonight. These are things that are not black and white perhaps, in Scripture. These are areas that are a personal distraction to you. These are personal areas to you that you run back to. The ships you keep retreating to. When the treasure is just ahead, when His blessings are just ahead, these ships, your personal ships, these are the ones that you keep running back to. Habits, hobbies, passions, busyness, anxiety, plans, aspirations, careers, those are the ships. Jimmy Needham in his song, Clear the Stage, said, Anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want with all my heart is an idol. Anything I can't stop thinking about is an idol. And anything I give all my love is an idol. If there's anything in your heart that fits in this idea, that fits in this, this, this precept, it's a ship in your fleet that needs to be burnt. When there's something that's keeping you from running towards the treasure, it needs to be destroyed. If there's something that's lingering in the back of your head that says, if anything happens, I only deactivated it. I didn't delete it. If, there, if there's anything that happens and you, you've got that habit, you've got that whatever the case, and you just hide it and tuck it away deep in your files of your computer, deep in your house somewhere, in your fall decorations box, you just hide it and tuck it away. And you tell yourself, if anything happens, I can go back. I know exactly where I put that. I know exactly where I hid that. So if anything happens, and, you know, this treasure isn't as good as I say, or if I just come up short, I can just go right back to it and find it again. 
and go back to the way it was. If I change my mind, I know where it's at. Let me encourage you, you need to cut the ties and burn your ships. You need to cut the ties, these things that are holding you back. Because we don't realize how great the treasure is ahead of us. Because if I, I'll say it personally, if I realized half of the treasure that lies ahead of me, I would give up every cent that I have. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm never looking back. Genesis chapter 19. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. See, what we see here, we see Lot's wife and she, she's not looking back startled as she begins to hear chaos and carnage behind her. She doesn't look back and wonder what's going on. When we translate that, that phrasing, she looked back, we get the phrasing nabat, which is to look intently at something. And by extension, it is to regard with pleasure, with favor, and with care. That's how she looked back at Sodom. She looked back with fondness towards sin. She looked back as God was leading them away from the destruction of sin. She looks back intently. She looks back purposely. She looks back with tunnel vision. She looks back with everything she has. In her mind, she remembers all the memories in Sodom. She remembers all the pleasures that they had in Sodom. She, just as her sin is about to be destroyed, just as Sodom is about to be destroyed, she looks back and she cares for Sodom. She looks back and she's like, oh, man, that was a really nice place. I miss my home in Sodom. I miss my family in Sodom. I miss my job in Sodom. I miss all that stuff we had in Sodom. I miss all those hobbies. I miss all that stuff, that good stuff that was back there. Just as her sin was about to be destroyed, her flesh was pricked with sadness over losing Sodom. Just as her ships were about to be burnt, she doesn't look at the treasure that's ahead. She doesn't care where they're going, but she just looks back, and for a moment she mourns what she's losing. The treasure was ahead, but instead she chose to look back at her ships. That's an example of what it looks like to look back to your ships. She looked back to her home, to her family, to all the memories she had, all the things that she had in Sodom, and she missed it. Man, I'm losing all of my things, all of my stuff. See, this can, what, this can be what happens when God destroys the things that are destroying us. We sometimes become despondent. We hesitate. Well, well, God, why does that have to go? What, why does this part of me have to be destroyed? What, why do, you've probably had those moments. We've all had those moments. You're, I'm ready to go deeper with God. I'm ready to go deeper. I'm ready to pursue him to the depths of, of everything. And you, and you pray some, some, some form of, God, I'll do anything to get closer to you. And then he's like, this will do. Won't you kill this? Well, let's, let's not be rash. Let's not be hasty. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just a silly little thing. But God, anything else, anything else, and he starts coming in with a light. That, you, you chose that last Friday, you chose that over me. That can go. 
If you chose this last Sunday over me, if you're looking for things to do, I can show you things to do. If you're looking for ways we can get closer. But God, but God, I just don't understand. We get into a dangerous place when we tell God, I'll do whatever it takes to get closer to you, except for that. Except for this. You're my treasure. You're, you're my treasure. I'm ready to burn whatever ship, whatever hobby, whatever thing comes between us. I'm ready to burn it. I'm ready to get out of the way. And God says this one. You're like, well, just not that one. And we run into issues. It doesn't matter what everybody else can live with. It doesn't matter whatever ships somebody else doesn't have to burn. Brother Matt might have a ship that he never runs back to, but I run back to. He might have something in his. I'm just using this example because I know he loves me and we'll be all right. He may have a ship that he runs back to that I could care less about. I have no issues. That ship's ugly to me. And he has a ship. <laughs> when you start moving closer and closer to God, <clears throat> don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about what somebody else's hobbies are. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Well, well, God, what's the deal? We prayed last week, and you told me to give this up. And now this is happening. They're picking that up, and they're doing fine with it. I don't understand. Why is it they can partake in that, but I can't? It's a ship, and it needs burnt. Now turn to somebody and say, I'm here to stay. So in the beginning of our study, we read... In the beginning of our study, we read uh, the mission statement of Cortez and his army. It was to secure, secure Mexico for colonization and to take the infamous treasure owned by the Mayan Empire, right? So we see a twofold purpose now. Not only did Cortez burn the ships because they needed the motivation to go forward and pursue the treasure, the second part of their mission was to stay. The second part of their mission was to dwell there. Not only were they to go and enjoy the treasure, they were to stay and build. <laughs> Psalm 27 and 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I'll seek after, that I may dwell. I want to dwell in his presence all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The intimacy in this verse is so beautiful. He comes in and says, there's only one thing I want. One thing I really care about, and that's to be with you. I don't want a bigger empire. I don't want more stuff. I don't want a bigger house. I don't want a nicer car. I don't want newer things. I don't want to have better stuff than my neighbor. I don't want to worry about what a neighbor has. God, there's really just one thing that I care about. There's just one thing that I want, and it's to live in your presence. See, that's the beauty of it. We're talking about a relationship with God as our treasure, right? It's a treasure. But when you get there, don't leave. Don't go back. When you've reached the treasure, those ships are burnt, so you've got nowhere to go. You've got nowhere to turn around to. Where's all this stuff where I used to spend my time? Where's all this stuff where I used to spend my passions? Where all this, it, it's, it's gone. So now stay and dwell and live in that treasure. Live. In that. Cortez and his army could never, could never have attained the treasure and dwelt in the land 
if they didn't burn their ships. They would have never made it. But the motivation it required, they got. There comes a moment when you've got to make the same decision. Do I want the ships or do I want the treasure? I ask you that today. Do you want ships or you want treasure? Do you want to live for him in a way that's beyond what we know? Or do you want things? Do you want hobbies? Do I want to live in between, always going back and forth, giving up things, moving closer, and then retreating? Does anybody else ever feel like they get caught in that vicious cycle sometimes? I move forward. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. And then all of a sudden, life happens. And then you just fall right back into those habits. Well, when you burn those ships, when you destroy those ships, you can't ever go back to them. There's nothing to go back to. All the while, our treasure, Jesus Christ, calls us. He says, if you come close to me, I'll come close to you. If you take a step towards me, I'll take a step towards you. If you draw to me, I'll draw to you. 1 Peter 2 and 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The charge we get from Peter here is an incredible one. I'd like to focus on those last two phrases of that verse. The first is abstain from fleshly lust. Reading it in the original text, you get the illustration of someone that is passionately longing for something that is of this earth. Someone that is relentlessly pursuing something that is of the flesh. They've got tunnel vision. Nothing else matters. They're relentlessly pursuing things, temporal things. The second phrasing <clears throat> is which war against the soul. Abstain from fleshly lusts which do war against the soul. If the ships are there, they'll always be trying to pull you back. Those things will always be put right back in your face. They'll always be there. And maybe you don't have these conversations because you're not as, you know. Hey, man, remember those times we used to have? Remember how fun it used to be when we'd hang out? Remember all that time we spent together? It's all these ships trying to pull you back. Remember all those times we had? Man, we had some good times, didn't we? Man, it was fun. Why don't you come on back? You come on back. I'm not telling you to give up Jesus. I'm just telling you to come on back. We'll spend some time. You can still have your Sundays. You can still have your Tuesdays. And every now and again, you can have a Thursday for prayer. But just come on back. Just come on. Let's spend some time together. And before you know it, you're so deep in that ship that you ran from, you can't see the treasure. You don't even know where the treasure's at. You don't know what direction it is. You don't know where to travel. We translate that word abstain, abstain from fleshly lust. We get apekio. Jay Thayer expands it and says this expression includes what is gained by discarding something else. In each case, to have something because you're far away from something else. This is where it gets exciting. I'm, I'm excited we're here just as, just as excited as you are. I'm excited for this. To have something because you're far away from something else. To have one thing because you're separating or letting go of another. That's an awesome exchange rate. So, so let me get this right. Let me, let me straighten this out here. When I burn my ships, God gives me other stuff in its place. When I burn my passions, when I burn my aspirations, when I burn my plans, when I burn my will, when I burn my things, when I burn all this stuff that I have, 
God gives me better stuff in place. So because I burn all that weird stuff, all this stuff that I've accumulated, when I burn that, he gives me heavenly things. When I store my treasure in heaven, it doesn't matter what this earth has. Is anybody else excited about that? To, 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 to know, not only do you get to get close to the treasure, but the more you give to him, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. He just keeps revealing things that he's going to do for you. He just keeps opening up promises. So how exactly do I burn my ships? It all sounds good. It sounds nice. makes a good message, whatever. But how do I burn my ships? How do I actually burn these things in my life? And you do exactly what's necessary to get rid of those things for good. And like we talked about earlier, these are ships that only you and God can identify. Only you and God know what these things are. So whatever it takes to get rid of each particular area, do it. If it's a relationship with somebody, cut your ties. It'll be worth it later. If it's a distraction of some of your devices, destroy them. Like I said, it might sound radical. It might sound rash. Well, let's not jump to conclusions. Maybe we don't have to do all that. We're deeper tonight. We're going deeper. We're going further. We're going for the treasure. We're going to walk with the king. We're walking with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Is there anything that I can give to him that would be too much? After what he's done for me. Do whatever it takes to get rid of the influences, the distractions, the ships in your life. People will call you crazy. I'll tell you that. People in the church might even call you crazy. And that's fine. That's fine. People will tell you that's not necessary. You don't really have to give those things up. You don't really have to give that stuff up. That stuff's okay. There's nothing in Scripture against this certain thing. And that may be absolutely true. But they don't run back to that ship like you do. Every time they get close and intimate and, 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 and with the Lord, they don't run back to those ideas. You do. So you need to burn that ship. Stand with me, please. Uh, if I could get just a piano player... I'm sure when, when word spread of Cortez and his army building their perfectly, or burning their perfectly good ships on the shores of Veracruz, people probably said they were nuts. <clears throat> oh, that's just Cortez. He's crazy. You, you've heard stories about him. He's always so unorthodox. All he babbled on when people signed up to his army was about the treasure. He's nuts. He's crazy. It, it doesn't even surprise me he burned his ships. Hebrews 12 and 11. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. I would have loved to have seen the soldiers' reaction, those people walking into their city, I said, man, y'all are crazy. You burnt your ships. You're crazier than I expected. And the guy looks from his palace and throws a handful of gold coins at him. He's got a handful, of, a pocket full of diamonds and walks out and says, yeah, I'm pretty crazy, but you know what? I made the treasure. You know what? My name's written down in history. Who is crazy now to go places and accomplish things that nobody else has? 
you have to do things that nobody else has done. Dave Ramsey often says, if you'll live like no one else now, later you can live like nobody else. That's what I want to encourage us to do today. I don't care if I have to give everything that I love in this life up. It's going to the king. If I have to burn every ship that I own, one thing have I desired. Now, now tonight, I don't want to open up and come and sing for five minutes and have a good time. Nothing wrong with that. Tonight, I want to invite people that are serious about burning ships. If you're serious about burning some of your ships, I want you to come. And I want you to find an intimate place. If you need to kneel at your pew, if you need to walk, if you need to do whatever you need to do. But I want, you to, I want us to take just a moment while Sister Carrie's playing. And I want you to, to take some time. If you see some areas in your life that need burnt, if you see some apps in your life that need deleted, if you see some areas in your life that just need to be gone, things that keep pulling you back, it feels like you're being torn too. I'm trying to pull to God, but this stuff keeps pulling me back. I'm trying so hard to get close to Him, but then all of a sudden, that old me, that old principles, that old stuff that I used to live for just keeps pulling me back. And I don't know what to do. I encourage you tonight, come and burn your ships. Burn your ships. I want you to pray earnestly and intently. God, is there anything I can destroy? Is there absolutely anything that keeps me from talking to you? Is there anything that keeps me from going deeper to you? Is there a purpose you have for me, God, that's being abstained from because something I'm enjoying? Is there something that I'm putting in the way of you? Is there something I'm putting in the way of my relationship with my king? God, is there anything I can do to get closer to you? Is there anything I can do to walk closer to you? God, I just want you. I just want the treasure. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. It doesn't matter whatever else may come. I don't care what ships I have to burn. I don't care what things I have to give up and people think I'm nuts. I don't care what I have to give up and people just look at me funny. I don't care if people at church think I'm crazy. I don't care if people at school think I'm nuts. I don't care if people in my workplace think I'm a little off my rocker. God, I want to live for you with a fierce, reckless love. God, I want to give everything I have for you. I want to burn every ship in my fleet if it's keeping me from you. God, I want to give everything I can to get closer to you. it right now. Right now some of y'all are seeing those. Some of y'all are seeing some ships and you're questioning it. You're seeing things pop up in your head. You got some things coming up in your mind and you're like, well, I just don't know if that was from God. Burn the ship. Burn the ship. Burn the ship. Let it free. I'd love to see somebody pull up their phone right now and just start deleting stuff. I'd love to see somebody start, start pulling out some, some strongholds you've got in your life and just start wrecking them things down. I'd love for somebody to start walking around and claiming it. I'd love for somebody to start walking around and start striking matches on your, on your ships. I'd love to see somebody start claiming, I'm never going back. I'm destroying it. I'm cutting ties with that person. I'm letting go of these things. God, you brought me a mighty long way. I don't ever want to run back to the ships when there's treasure awaiting me. I don't ever want to trade comfortable for your will. I don't ever want to trade 
my plan for your plan. I don't want to trade what I think is best for what you know is best. I don't want to trade temporal for eternity. I don't want to trade fleshly for spiritual. I don't want to trade. I refuse. I refuse to listen to these voices that tell me to go back. I refuse to listen to these things that are telling me, don't give it up. It's time to burn the ships. What if some of your ships, what if some of my ships are keeping us from the revival God has for us? A mighty, mighty outpouring of souls in our town. And God's waiting for me to strike that match and burn my ship. God's waiting for me to clear some time out of my schedule. God's waiting for me to clear some time with my passion. God's waiting for me to clear. He's waiting for me to clear some things. And as soon as he does, that gives him more room to operate. deeper than what somebody else says. I want to come to you. I want to go in the treasure where there's riches untold, where there's blessings for my family. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.